Welcome back to the TV Talk Machine. I'm Jason Snell, and coming to you live in residence at the Death March with Cocktails in uh, at the Beverly Hilton, it's Mr. Tim Goodman. Hi, Tim. Hey, Jason. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? How are you holding up? <laughs> well, it's day nine uh, that I've been in the hotel. Day eight of press tour. So relatively good, I guess. <laughs> yeah. America held hostage. Yes. Well, by the end of it, it'll be 17 nights uh, here. Oh, man. 17 crazy nights? Yeah. So I could see how that, at some point, I will crack. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, you're sounding pretty good. You're sounding like you're you're doing okay. So you haven't reached the the breaking point yet. No, I skipped some sessions today that had no, that I had like no interest to me or I knew that I would never write about because I'm learning... Uh, after being down here for so long, so many times that you need to, you need to hold on to whatever energy and direct mm. it to the numerous uh, television shows that are out there. So yeah, conserve, conserve energy, conserve, man. I can't just be doing this for nothing. Yeah, it's a it's a long race. It's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. It is yeah. So like when Mariah Carey comes and has nothing to do with something I'm ever going to write about, I'm not going to go to it. Good for you. See, not unless unless you're a total Mariah fan or something i am not which you're not so <laughs> no so she won't be starring in that first great rock and roll tv show let's just put it no that way. she will not be in that um so you you've been writing pieces on the hollywood reporter people should check out the tca journal um and i i, I thought i'd use that as my outline because i'm lazy okay. and uh you 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 basically are talking about your own experiences so we start this out i i think by saying so television critics association everybody in in the tv industry who's got new stuff coming for the next like six months basically is go it kind of parades past all the the tv critics who fly out for this thing day in and day out that's that's what this is and 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 then for you TV critics, it is the grind of being there, you know, in that hotel and going to these things day in and day out. Um, and you wrote a piece about this, which was go big or go home, which is one of the challenges if you are trying to present to the TCA is to just break through and be noticed because it's a it's it, I mean it's a tough crowd, and I'd imagine every day it gets a little bit harder to reach them <laughs> as you guys soldier on through this. That much is true. Uh, it definitely does. And, <clears throat> you know, there's, there was like, interesting moments all the time. But, yeah, the first one that I did was, break, you know, go big or go home. It's like you just – you have to break through. You have to get noticed. Um, and it's almost like – I hate to say it. It's almost like there's – there's even even if people are like, oh, that show was bad, people might watch it because they've heard about it. Just being heard heard about your, your title being bounced around at all is now a breakthrough. You know, you so, need to have that. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, this it, it's a funny it's a funny thing that like there's so much and and there's so much p- parading in front of you in these weeks that people have to uh they got they got to pay <laughs> you got to pay attention. They got to get get your attention somehow. Yeah, and there hasn't been the too much too much like uh uh super crankiness. We have not uh collectively pulled on the cranky pants so much. Um uh Casey Bloys, who took over for HBO, had a very, very tough go of it when he was I not heard prepared that. for Yeah, he was not prepared for the uh defending uh violence towards women, sexual violence in particular. Uh wasn't prepped. Well, he might have actually been prepped, but um didn't answer it so well. Um but at least admitted it he didn't and 
you know, others, others will now because of him be prepped for it when they come, uh, here if they have any shows that are like that. But there are other interesting moments too. Like, for example, there's a show called Falling Water on, uh, USA, which is going to be the, the drama that comes after Mr. Robot. And it's interesting. It has really good producers. Um, Gail Ann Hurd, who did, uh, Walking, does The Walking Dead and, uh, you know, it's like, uh, Blake Masters, who did uh, Brotherhood, he's he's here, and it's a complicated uh, story about dreams. And and as you know, as a sci-fi fan, anytime you have anything that involves dreams, it's complicated because you have to have your own dream rules. Everyone has dream rules or flashback rules or what happens in dreams. Um, and he sat in front of a crowd that of those who had watched it, which was not that many, but of those who had watched it, um, they found it very confusing um and some people had even watched the first two um you know they sent a screeners i guess and were still confused and so (laughs) the but it's it's a good cast there's those are good producers um it the clip looked great the majority of the room had not seen it i think uh including me but uh but when you get questions like that from the room that says hey um i don't understand this talk to me about it and unfortunately i think blake master's approach was well it's really obvious <laughs> and goes sure. without saying just right? yeah exactly he's like well it's just it's all right there he's basically saying you know you just this and that uh and so his take was it's it's like so obvious it's right there and i think if you're in the room of critics who are as a whole saying we don't understand this then you've got a problem and you should not say like I can't believe you can't see it. And then maybe acknowledge that you either have a problem that you didn't previously know about until today or talk to them and walk them through it. The answer is not to say, Oh, it's right there. (laughs) It's completely obvious. You'd have to be an idiot to miss it. Yeah. Room full of TV critics (laughs) who will be reviewing my show and he's a good Mm. guy. And so, but it's like, that's kind of one of the don't, don't do that (laughs) moments at, at Prester. I follow, uh, follow enough uh, TV critics that uh, Twitter becomes kind of hilarious sometimes when I can see everybody reacting to the same thing <laughs> on stage, usually something stupid that is said or done, and and uh, the the HBO stuff was absolutely in there, and so was that that whole story where everybody's like, no, we didn't get it, nope, nope, and uh, pretty pretty funny when you see suddenly like eight tweets emerge. Uh, every critic being like yeah that yeah. something bad just happened that is it one happens. of the things from here if you if you follow multiple critics and somebody has a really good line whether it's a joke or just a good quote oh, yeah. you'll see it 10,000 everybody times. everybody <laughs> yeah everybody drops it i saw that that was uh it was pretty funny um it, it definitely happens this week mm-hmm. next week um hey can you tell me what is up with arrested development and mitch hurwitz because you wrote a whole piece about this too um and this idea i i saw this go by in your twitter feed and i did a double take about this that mitch hurwitz went back to this the netflix <laughs> season of arrested development and like re-edited and had ron howard re-narrated as a chronological 22 episode season what (laughs) what (laughs) thank you and where where can you get that (laughs) nowhere because it's sitting on his shelf what it's a to me that was the only at press store moment i swear to god because it was uh uh he was here for netflix and 
Netflix did this kind of thing that was nutty. It's like one of those um, great ideas that just don't ever do that again, please, um, where they were at Presto and they said, well, you know, part of what we do is we give you choice. You can you can binge watch this or you can watch this episode or you can go into this genre. So we thought today we would give you a choice. So starting right now, those of you who want to see a comedy panel can go here. Those of you who – and we were like, what? You're like – dividing the room we have to choose between two panels not really how it works but anyway i chose to not go to either because i was writing something and i wanted a race down to see mitch Hurwitz after his comedy panel and it was a great um i hadn't seen him in a long time and so it was a great catching up with him and then when he was done with talking to most people who were still around and we were just like one or two of us left he started talking about rest of development and that came out of his mouth and i was like wait what 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 and he's like, oh yeah, I, uh, I took the 15 episodes, you know, some of them, by the way, if you remember, ran, for, most of them were in 30 to 32 to 35 minutes. One of them ran 42 minutes. And he took those 15 episodes, cut them into 22, 22 minute episodes. And I was like, my jaw was just dropped. And it's, I've never heard that story. And it's, and they're sitting on his, uh, they're like, yeah, they're sitting in, on, on a shelf in his house waiting for someone to, either syndicate them or put them on a DVD box set, or maybe they run on Netflix. But if they were cut at 22 minutes, that's really not their intention. I think they're maybe a syndicated deal. I don't know. Right, right. You it know, was really weird. That It's so strange. I, I did a Google search, and he mentioned a couple years ago, I guess, <laughs> that he was thinking of doing it. Uh-huh. And that was the last that it had come up. <laughs> it's so done. for him to say, "Yeah, we did it. I got Ron Howard to do new narration." It's it, you know, and because of the way that worked, where they they had the individual like character episodes, it was mm-hmm. a very different feel to that season than the previous ones. And and this sounds like it would be very much feel much more like classic Arrested Development with the pacing and and the fact that it was all the characters chronologically instead. Yeah, I think the, it, uh, I could have just gone home after that. I would have my TCA would have been perfect <laughs> because that was certainly an only a TCA moment, and there was only I think there was only one other person. Michael Schneider was w- with me when it when when he said it, um, and it, I was blown away. And then I followed up with him with some uh, uh, emailed him because I was like, this is weird. Um, and I saw Ted Sarandos later, and I said, Hey, Ted, I was like, Wow, this thing with the 22 episodes sounds really interesting. He, he looked at me kind of funny and he's like, yeah, that's a interesting project from <laughs> Mitch, which huh. made it sound like we're not going to ever put that on. I don't know what Mitch is doing in his room at night, but yeah. And that's, and that's literally what he was doing by the way. He was taking, and he had some, un, he had a lot of unused footage from the Netflix series, but he, as he told it to me, he said, I would, he goes, and he had another woman who worked in the series with him and he would say, I'm going to take 15 seconds from this scene and I'm going to switch it over. He literally had it all mapped out like a mad scientist in his house on a board. And he'd say, okay, let's take 15 minutes from this storyline and we move Michael over here. And then, and then he would move this around and he'd say, okay, what do we got? And she'd say, after he worked on it for like hours and she'd say, we have 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he was like, okay, all right. Um, and maybe that's why it's 22 minutes because it was infinitesimal cuts. Um, and then as you can imagine, and I said in that piece, it restructured the narrative. So the whole, there are new jokes and there, are, everything looks different. It's a different narrative. Huh. Yeah. It's really a fascinating idea to have an alternate, uh, 
alternate view of the same story with some different material based on you know based on what was shot with some some just different narration i can see netflix's take on this because you know netflix paid for it and they did it and it, mm. and it's on the service and that's it and so like from their perspective you know this isn't what they this isn't what they paid for and i do wonder if it's a a thing where you know this is essentially going to sit there until whatever netflix's i don't know what their contractual ownership of it is if if it gets uh, syndicated at some point how long is that wait mm-hmm. uh before it before it rolls into syndication because that may be the source of sarandos's uh kind of lemon face about it right it's like mm-hmm. it's not for them because they already got their thing and so whatever it is it's just it's not his problem but it, from a just from an artistic standpoint it'd be fascinating to see it and it would certainly work better i would think it flowing if you're doing a binge that's why i think even netflix might want it is just because it might feel better to go to that fourth season and not have it seem completely different from the first three I yeah know. i mean and who knows deals are interesting um they certainly have money to spend as what's a big topic at tca this year with them they uh, announced last year that they were spending five billion with a b on programming which lit up this town because they were like everybody else is like did i read that right and then this year it was one of the first questions that he got asked, almost like a joke. Um, are you spending – how have you spent your $5 billion? Are you – you know? And he, as not a joke, said, well, next season we're, we're spending $6 billion. <laughs> People were like, oh, the budget wow. is now $6 billion. It's not $5 billion. Um, So, yeah, it made a lot of people jealous. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, arrested – I don't know. I don't know. I'm fa- my mind is still blown by the Arrested Development thing, but it's fascinating. Uh, it, it is. And, and, Are and they going to do more? That, yeah, it's a fifth season of, of uh, Arrested. They said they might start shooting in January um, of 2017. So that's amazing to me. How strange! What a strange world we live in. We do. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, I got. You got to love Mitch Hurwitz being so fascinated by the the his own his own work and the the problems of the narrative of the work that he would take a second swing at it not even mm-hmm. knowing but you know what everybody who saw it on netflix would would the super fans buy that on blu-ray if it came out and wasn't available on netflix <laughs> i think they might i think, I think there might. might be money in it could be um okay so so you also wrote a piece about pbs and i think this goes mm-hmm. back to like getting noticed and mm-hmm. uh and all of that is is and you've you've written about this before but i always appreciated this about your your uh your pieces especially from TCA, which is take time to appreciate PBS. Like we don't all we don't talk about it a lot. It, we don't talk about their business strategy. We talk about their programming some, but it's very easy to lose track. Where you got broadcast networks, the big commercial broadcast networks, and you got cable, and then there's PBS, and PBS comes in and and it's like, hey, critics, remember us? And and so you wrote this thing that's basically let's appreciate what we have with PBS. Yeah, and it's funny because you and I have. Well, we've done enough, a number of these, and we've done some from the hotel. Um, and since you know you follow me on Twitter and vice versa, you've probably seen snippets about where I've gone into sessions before, and I'm like, "Oh, this! I didn't think this was going to be very good, and it's fascinating because you mm-hmm. you, know, you follow it, and you know I've been down here twice a year. But conceptually, if you put it all together, PBS has not had a big column from me in a long time, and I kind of realized that, and I I was sitting here talking about that very thing about how these these sessions and they do two days don't look so hot on paper and then you kind of go eh, all right let's go and you go and then it's you know it's you, your mind is blown so i was like okay enough of just 
talking amongst ourselves about that, or for me, putting it on Twitter, I'm going to do like a love letter, which it was. And um, only at TCA can you write something like that. And then have, of course, PBS loved it and they were super happy and they flipped out and it was really nice to see. They were really sweet. I, I made sure that it came out on the morning of their second day because I wanted to be timely with it. But only at TCA could you do something like that. And then the next group that comes in is like, oh, Jesus Christ, what does it take to like get something like that for us? You never read about that for, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like I heard three different people from I won't even name them now from different uh networks were complaining about the PBS piece. Yeah, got yeah, you know, if PBS so so easily gets lost. I I actually have noticed in watching a lot of uh, or reading a lot of uh, stuff from TV critics over the years on the web especially once the web came on you could suddenly see not just your local TV critic but sort of everybody that uh, a right. lot of TV critics don't pay attention. It's like PBS basically doesn't exist. Um yeah. I always appreciated the ones who 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 noticed it. So I think they they deserve a little love here and there. Also I know of your interest in music. I was really intrigued by you mentioning the the music show they've got, the sound breaking, which sounds mm-hmm. like it could be a really interesting stories from the cutting edge of recorded music. Sounds very it's interesting idea. It, yeah, it's going to be really great. I'm I'm going to definitely review that. I, I don't do a lot of scripted, but there's a couple of pretty interesting script. Um, sorry, non scripted series uh, that have come out of uh, this tour that I'm definitely going to do. One of them being that one, and one of them being a. Um, Animal Planet series about called the Million Dollar Duck, which I hope I <laughs> I hope I have time to write about it because it is nutsoville to the point where I was just sat slack jawed. I was actually in this session, and I will be totally honest. I was in the session basically just using the Wi Fi and not <laughs> not taking my computer out of the room and drinking my Diet Coke to write something else. And I kept looking up like, what the hell is this panel? Like, what is going on? And uh, I, at some point, I just was – I was wrapped, and I was like, okay, I'm writing about this because it's nutty. Uh, and the woman who runs Discovery or the public publicity side is like, I told you. <laughs> I told you you'd like it. Mm. Amazing. Uh, and all yeah. that because you needed the Wi-Fi. See? Serendipity. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. It's again, um, it's another uh, only a TCA story, yeah. Okay, let's, let's, uh, let's talk about cable channels. You wrote, you wrote this piece um, – Yesterday, it got posted that was uh, uh, the dangers of cable channels and and their scripted shows. And the, what I took away from this piece is the idea that it's, again, times of confusion, hard to make a splash. And the thing that really struck me is, if Mr. Robot, nominated for six <laughs> Emmys, uh, beloved by critics, can't move the needle ratings wise on USA, one of the most visible cable channels. What hope does any small cable channel have to make any impact with anything? Yeah, like whatsoever. It's 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 it really is home, and and um, it really hits home. And you know, they came back with less viewers. They were down from their original premiere. And um, they got some gains back when you factored in Live Plus 3 and Live Plus 7. But they're still going to be scrambling to make up the same uh, number that they got in the first season. And who knows going forward what's going to happen. But that's not the trajectory you want to go with a series that is now nominated for Best Drama, which is stunning. That's never happened to a USA uh, show. I don't no, I needed to add that on there. I'm I'm assuming everybody knew <laughs> that there was no previous USA series that was a uh, Emmy nominee for best drama. But 
it's that's not the direction you want to go. It's totally, you know, as a lot of critics will say on Twitter, it's end times. And uh, so to have, for me, what hit what hit home as far as like trying to, I, I was going to do this piece anyway. It's a, it's a little bit of eat, eat your vegetables piece in that it's a, it's a long read and it's it's a little bit complex. But um, you know, Epics was here, um, a, a, a channel that I used to call Epix because I didn't know how to pronounce it because I'd never heard of it. Um, and they had their very first TCA day uh, here, and they rolled out two, I think two or three, uh, two. Um, yeah, two, they had one documentary and two scripted series. So they got it. They, they were big players, and uh, and then something called Pop, which used to be the TV Guide channel, and is now owned by uh, CBS and um, uh, Lionsgate. They have two new series. And I was just, you know, and then True TV has something, and then uh, Independent Film Channel has two, and they're decently big, but they're still small technically. But Pop and Epics, those are tiny. Um, no matter how what e- Epics tells you, here I was about to say Epics again. No matter what they tell you, they're a premium cable subscription service, and you can get them streaming too. They are not close to stars they are not close to hbo they're not close to netflix so this is the moment where the hotel internet cut out good afternoon thank you for calling the beverly hilton may i have the name of the guest it's tim goodman thank you have a good evening sir. thank you whatever hello hey hey you there hotel internet huh it's really bad. It just went out. Like it keeps going out, I guess. So now it sounds sort of like you're being held uh, captive, which I guess you kind of are. So <laughs> so you were saying in the wake of Mr. Robot and USA Network that you've got uh, Pop and Epics channels coming in to TCA. Who the hell is going to watch Pop and Epics? The things that are just so new, they're not even on the radar, even though they've been around for a while and would argue that they're not new. How are they going to compete with a gigantic channel like USA Network that can't capitalize on the successes of Mr. Robot? It's an, it's an impossibility. Yeah, it's I, I don't know what the answer is other than that they won't <laughs> and they'll and they'll and they'll go away because it's just it's 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 tough. This shows you how tough it is. Critically acclaimed show, high profile network still not uh not getting noticed. So, it's, it's and that's yeah, and I just wanted to, like I said, I wanted to plant the flag there and say, okay, um, enough talking about peak TV and too much TV. That's summer of 2016. Let's just say at that moment when we looked in the distance, we saw we saw the end coming. Yeah. <laughs> the bubble burst and the blowback was coming our way like a nuclear, you know, cloud. So <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't see is the success of for small cable channels. I don't I just the clock is ticking. I mean, it's just, you can't do this. You just can't financially. You can't make the numbers add up. It just won't work. All right. Um, let's talk about, uh, you want to talk about, uh, the networks a little bit? Cause that's something I know you're working on, uh, a piece about that too, about what the, what the networks are, are up to. Cause are they, are they in the process of coming? Are they coming in? Are you in the midst of network stuff now? Yeah, we have, uh, NBC has come through. ABC is, uh, is Thursday, which will be passed when this is out. Yeah. Um, so they'll have been here, and then the other ones will be here as well. But it's pretty, it's pretty quick and and easy. I'll I'll, I'll tell you, and I'd love your feedback on it. Um, you know, uh, to me, 
most of them are actually doing the right strategy come this fall. And that is, and I've tweeted this out a couple times too. It's like, um, keep it simple, keep it familiar. Don't challenge anybody. Don't strain them. And if you can tie it to an existing franchise, good. If you can put it into a premise that people will go, oh yeah, I've seen that a hundred times uh, and I like it historically, even better. Um, otherwise you can't survive because they can't get tricky. You know, I would say that like, it, you know, if, if they've got, let's just put it this way, Jason, if they've got 10 shows that they're planning on bringing out in a calendar year, eight of those shows should be pretty simple, pretty familiar, easily digestible. And then the other two can be, you know, big picture, high concept, big swings, because those are the ones if you that are much harder to land. And if you don't land them, you're going to go sub and times and the ratings. And now, um, but so you have to give people something on the network level that's simple. That's I think that's the recipe for them staying around and still being relevant. Because if they have the, they can reach the most people, but the people are distracted by other shows. So give them something similar, simple that they notice. And I think you can pull a number, not like you did five or ten years ago, but you can stay, you can stay afloat. Yeah, and you see the success that that CBS has had in in creating things that are they keep it simple. A lot of them are the same, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's fami- there's familiarity in the format, and then they've got the you know a high concept like the uh, why why does MacGyver exist as a as a show that they're doing? It's like a name people might remember, and it's going to mm-hmm. be a quirky CBS procedural in the vein of Elementary and. Uh, you know, and maybe something like Scorpion or something like that, right? But it's going to be, uh, it's not that far afield. And that's, uh, you know, and they've, they've had great success in doing that. And NBC's had great success with all the Chicago shows from Dick Wolf and before that with the Law & Order shows. It's like, don't don't push it too far. Keep it simple. Make it recognizable. And uh, and you you can get a mass audience for that. Not, like you said, not as big as it used to be, but still, you can make it work if you follow those rules. Yeah, it's like movie franchises that are familiar to people, um, old TV series that have been rebooted or reimagined, and simple premises, hospital, hospitals, lawyers, cops, just maybe put a tweak on it, maybe sell it a little bit differently, and then leave the creative stuff to your comedy people, because I think people are a little more open to that, which is why, you know, Greg Schur, who did, um, <clears throat> who did The Office, was here, um, for NBC, which is perfect for their brand, he's in there with uh, a new show called The Good Place with Ted Danson. And, um, you know, that's, and Kristen Bell, and that's kind of what you want to have because you've got a showrunner who says, hey, here's an, here's an interesting uh, idea. It's a story about um, um, everybody who's gone to heaven um, and how you got in and how you made it. It was like a, it was a math problem. Uh, mostly, and um, you beat the odds and you got in, but there's a technical error and Kristen Bell gets in and she shouldn't have be there and and refine some comic stuff out of that. It's a little bit of a, you know, that's a, um, a high concept series. You can leave those for comedy, but don't do that in, don't do that in drama. Let cable do that. Stop trying to be a cable channel when it comes to your dramas and just entertain us. One, before we go, you did do uh, one TV review that dropped in the last week, which we should mention, which is uh, which is the Get Down 
And it sounds like uh, I did see you arguing on Twitter with some people, well, discussing with your colleagues on Twitter. You you made a funny point that I think maybe even Dan Feinberg called you on, which is which is uh, this is a a high profile pilot directed by Baz Luhrmann, and your take on it was basically as soon as the it's not Baz Luhrmanny any anymore. As soon as you get out of that, then it gets a lot better. Which is like. I guess if that depends on what you're looking for there. Are you looking for lots of Baz Luhrmann stuff? Because the pilot will deliver and then not after that. If that turns you off, maybe hold on to the second episode and, and, and it turns around. It's a funny little uh, conundrum that the show has. Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely comes down, and I have that in my review. I think it comes down to, you know, how much, what's your litmus test and how much you can take and how much you love him and how much do you, do you not. And that will that will be a divisive split in the audience to start with um, because it is much more... You know, the pilot is 90 minutes, and it's about uh, uh, the birth of hip-hop and rap in 1977 New York City in the Bronx, the South Bronx, which was burning down uh, at the time. And uh, all of New York City seemed to be on fire, and there was blackouts, and it was violent, and it was crazy. Um, and you're going to talk about the birth of the hip-hop movement, and then you tap an Australian producer who's known for uh, sort of glittery musicals and that's what he delivers he delivers 90 minutes of what i think is basically kind of ludicrous um over the top and then not gritty at all which i you know I, I pointed out that some might want it that way they would rather have that than say um you know than than a, a director like spike lee who might you know bring some more realism to it um, and why not have a change of pace? Well, my take, my take was, well, okay, here's your change of pace, and if that's how you think the hip hop movement came about, go for it. But in the, because I wouldn't have kept watching if he had kept directing. He will do some in the future, but I'm not sure sure he'll make it such like a movie like Scorsese did with Final. Um, I, I think he did it here, and I don't think he'll do it again in future episodes because he only have an hour. And I think the directors who did episode two and three grounded the series. A whole, a whole lot, and made it ten times better than it, the pilot. So, yeah, I'm one of the people who didn't like the pilot um, and wouldn't have watched more if uh, Boz Lerman had, had had done any more of it. And um, uh, much happier when everybody else came in and made it more like a TV series and not like a flashy movie. So, right. Well, isn't that the problem with a lot of these shows that that have a that that make. A make a big deal about how they've got a, a famous director as an executive producer and they maybe direct the pilot. And then in some cases, the director sticks around. Steven Soderbergh is a good example of that. But in other cases, you know, they're in and out of there and they may set the visual language of the show and get it on its way. But, you know, then they're gone. And that is a danger that you can never live up to the, the that high profile pilot. Yeah. And, I, and thankfully, they, they take some of the snippets that he put in there, some of the uh, stylized uh, visuals that he's put in there. Um, and they put them in the second and third episodes, which are all I saw. They added more episodes after I um, had written my review. Um, I think they put up to six now, which is the, this is the first time. You know, it's a very troubled production. We, we did a story on it, and Variety did a story on it, and it's just, you know, it's a troubled production, and they're only putting up the first half of the series, which is not like them. So when it drops on the 12th, um, uh, you'll only see half of the episodes, not all of them. But... Um, and then they'll do it again later. But yeah, I, I just think that, you know, it's, it's better without him, which is weird. And, but I get it. It's part of the industry. Like the, the show was sat around, it was his idea for a long time. It sat around for a little bit, um, actually for a long time. 
and then it finally happened. And he's the one who helped make it happen, but it, it's just better without him. Uh, and that's partly me not being a huge fan of his, but also I think his stylistic approach does not fit the material. Hmm. So. Interesting. Okay, that'll be on Netflix on August 12th. Yes. So uh, so you're, you're going to be there for another three months. <laughs> yes. And so we're not going to do it by phone anymore. We'll do it by teletype. Yeah, pro- <laughs> well, we may be regressing. Like, I'll, I'll do a dramatic reading of your email to me next week. <laughs> I mean, that might, might be better. It could be. Well, we'll give it a, we'll give it a go sometime next week. Uh, doing this one a little early for sort of like connection and travel reasons, but um, but we'll we'll try to get back together. And when how when do you leave there? What's your what's your freedom date? I leave on the twelfth. Oh, okay. Well, so we will uh, we'll try to catch you sometime before the twelfth one last time. Okay, and hopefully hopefully the internet is uh, uh, um, going to oblige us. Yes, and if that fails, then we'll get your after after you get. You get home, and you call. I will send every listener a, me- a letter, personally <laughs> That's right. or a telegram. Here's a what postcard. I've been doing <laughs> from the Beverly Hilton. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, until then, uh, uh, thanks to everybody for listening. You can uh, post uh, facebook.com slash TV Talk Machine. You can email us podcast at tvtalkmachine.com. You can tweet at us at TVTM, or I'm Jay Snell on Twitter, and Tim is Bastard Machine on Twitter. And uh, you can find the show notes at theincomparable.com slash TVTM. So, uh, Tim, you know, keep it up. Try not to crack. Hold on. No, no extra energy. No Mariah Carey. <laughs> Keep it solid. Okay. Keep it one hundred. And okay. uh, and we will uh, and we will touch base sometime at uh, or at least we'll try to technology permitting. Yes. Okay. Next week then. Good luck. Right. Have a good week. Okay. You too. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah.